is VOC Breakfast with Gulam Fakir and Sabiro Shaykeso. Only on the Voice of the Cape. So some 15 minutes after 7 is where we're at this morning and we move along now to our next feature. Now new research has shown that those who have been infected with the second variant 501.v2 have protection from current and previous circulating variants. I think that was also mentioned by our previous guest, the head of the Western Cape Health, Dr. Keith Clutie had also mentioned that earlier on this morning. Higher Education, Science and Innovation Minister, Dr. Bladen Zamande, um, was a briefing the media with Health Minister Dr. William Keyes um, yesterday and um, just tell us in terms of what exactly is going on um, in terms of you know people being infected by the new variant and developing these antibodies against reinfection but of course to tell us a bit more is Professor Penny Moore of the National Institute for Communicable Diseases at Wits University who is part of the scientific team is joining us online this morning. Professor good morning and thank you so much for joining us. Good morning to you and your listeners. So, of course, in terms of, you know, exactly how this immune response works, perhaps starting off by explaining that to us. Yeah, so uh, when people are infected with SARS-CoV-2, as with any virus, um, we mount an immune response to that virus, and that's, that's part of how we protect ourselves. It's part of how we clear the virus. Um, we've already, already known for a long time that uh, that process works very well in SARS-CoV-2 infection. Um, but what we also knew was that people who were infected with the old variant developed an immune response that was not very good at dealing with the new variant. Um, in about 50% of cases, we were unable to detect any neutralization activity against the, the new variant. And what that means is that the antibodies that prevent virus from infecting cells were not particularly good at dealing with the new variant. And, of course, that was a concern to us from a reinfection point of view, but also, also from a vaccine development point of view. What the, this new research shows is that when we, when we do the opposite experiment and we look at what happens in people who are infected with the new variant mm. with 501YB2, we see that the antibodies that that particular variant triggers in our immune system seem somehow better at dealing both with the old variant and with other variants across the world. Amazing. Now, you know, for those listening and are probably wondering, how long exactly will this said immunity perhaps last? That's a great question, and we don't know the answer. Um, unfortunately, it's, it's something that we're still learning. It's, uh, it's a problem when you have a pandemic that's still relatively new. So we knew, we, we knew for a long time that people made these antibodies. Um, what we don't know is necessarily how long they last. Uh, we have a sense that they'll last somewhere up to six to eight months, maybe up to a year. But basically, the, the problem is that we don't know how much antibody is enough to protect you from reinfection. Mm. And so that's why we, we're constantly telling people, even if you have been infected, we know you've made antibodies if you've been infected. But you shouldn't assume that just because you have been infected by any variant that you're protected from reinfection. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, you know, in terms of the implications for vaccines, I mean, we've already seen one vaccine that's fallen through um, in terms of its efficacy not being great against the second variant. We've seen the J&J vaccine now that's being used, um, said to be better than what was initially um, sourced. So in terms of, you know, vaccines, how would this now play out? This, this new research is encouraging for vaccine development. As a response to the emergence of this new variant and to other variants across the world, the vaccine developers have actually already moved very fast, um, even before this new research, to try to tweak their vaccines to make them uh, efficacious against the new variant. And mostly what that means is um, changing 
the vaccine to match 501YV2. What our new data suggests is that the antibodies that uh, are going to be elicited by that vaccine may be slightly better than we had hoped. They may uh, trigger antibodies that are more cross-reactive. And what we mean by cross-reactive is that they may be able to recognize diverse variants uh, from across the world. Now, we know the second variant here in South Africa has been pretty concerning. But in terms of, you know, globally in other countries, I mean, how dominant has the new variant been since its discovery late last year? The the variant that was discovered in South Africa has now been detected in more than 40 countries across the world. And this is really why we we strongly suggest that people don't call it the South African variant or the British variant or Mm. the Brazilian variant. You know, this is just an indication of where scientists happen to detect that variant first. Um, but these, these viruses don't recognize borders, obviously, and so they rapidly spread across the world, particularly when they, they have an advantage in terms of transmissibility, and many of these new variants do. Mm. And speaking about the vaccines again, you know, how exactly do other vaccines fare against the new variants apart from Johnson & Johnson? Yeah, you know, this is this is very much work that we, we and vaccine developers are, are trying to understand at the moment is, is to understand how well they deal with this variant, with other variants across the world. There are two ways you can do that. Um, you can do laboratory assays using blood from people who received that vaccine and ask how well they recognize the new variant in lab assays, and that's very much underway in South Africa and across the world. But really the, the gold standard here is to do those vaccine trials. Um, as you've already mentioned, the J&J vaccine fared very well against the new variant. Um, so what, what, what will really be key is understanding how new, new vaccines that are going to be developed in response to the new variants uh, fare across, across the world against these variants that are emerging. And I think it's really important to understand that this is very likely not, not the end of the new variant story. This virus is constantly mutating. This is what viruses do in response to an immune system, is that constant cat and mouse game. And so we should expect new variants. This is going to continue as long as we have a high level of infection with many people able to um, mount an immune response and able to push that virus towards immune escape. So this is going to be something that we have to constantly monitor, both at the viral level and at the vaccine level. Mm. And finally, Prof, you know, would it mean that those, you know, who have had the variant, I mean, you know, wouldn't need then necessarily to take the vaccine? I'm sorry, I lost you just at that last moment. No, it's fine. I said, you know, in terms of for those that perhaps have had the variant, you know, um, would it be that they would not need the vaccine? No, um, you know, as, as I mentioned earlier, we, we don't know how long people's antibodies uh, persist mm-hmm. after infection. And they do decline. That much we do know for certain. So we're certainly not encouraging people to to walk away from the vaccine if they've been infected. In fact, that people who've been infected and then receive the vaccine develop really, really wonderful immune responses. Well, Professor Penny Moore, thank you so much for joining us on air this morning and sharing with us. We do appreciate your time. That was Professor Penny Moore from the National Institute for Communicable Diseases speaking to us this morning.